This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott. And my name is Rico. Man, have we got a show for you tonight. We are going to be recording a podcast that's going to rock your socks. going to rock your phone call. It's going to rock your phone off. It's going to rock the cell phone right out of your pocket. It's the request line, Rico. We've asked the intern a million times to not allow songs at the top of the show, but yet here I am picking up the request line. Fine. Let's see who it is. All right. WRNRA, East of the Rockies. And fuck California. Whoa. Whoa. Um, A little strong there, buddy. And fuck California. hi oh. Hey, it's uh, Dave Dadare, old the original guitarist from the Presidents. Oh, the, Pot our, our USA. Friend, yeah, our friends Pot USA wanted to pop in. Fuck California. Rico, what is this man talking about? Um, w- and fuck California. Oh, he wants us to do Enema by Tool. That makes sense. Yeah, that's hey, why. Yeah. Clever Pot USA guy. Take it easy, my friend. All right, gang, it's Rock and Roll Autopsy. It's Enema. It's Tool. We've got a great show tonight. But first, the news. What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. September 12th, 1966, the Monkees TV show makes its debut with four actors chosen to portray a pop band based on the Beatles. While the Monkees are a fictional band, they become very real and eventually play on their own recordings instead of studio musicians. So they started out as actors and wound up actually learning the instruments and the songs and recording some stuff. Interesting. That's so is pretty this cool. like Bruce Willis, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Costner stuff where they're actors, later musicians, or they learn the trade on the show? I think, uh, yeah, they went Johnny Depp. They were actors first. Depp, another one. You know, you ever have you actually? I'm sure you have. You listened to him play guitar. He's not bad, actually. He's not bad. He's a good guitar player. uh, Who's he playing with now? Um, Jeff Beck. He's playing with. Yes, he did something with Beck. I think. If you're gonna play with Jeff Beck, you're gonna have to be able to hold him. I watched a video, a YouTube of him uh, during the Amber Heard shit. Yeah, and she pooped on his bed. I mean, got to do what you got to do, man. I mean, it's um, a strong point she's making. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Have you ever gotten in a fight with your wife and taken a dump on anything she owns? Go. Never. Have you ever gotten in a fight with anyone and taken a dump on something they own? Go. No. Have you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> You were setting me up. Okay, so now 
Here's the latest in our series called Pulling the Curtain Back on the Pod Show Hosts. All right. When I was a kid, I was a kid at this time. So I, you know, I think pooping, it's not as like grown ass Amber Hood, Amber Hood, Amber <laughs> Heard, <laughs> taking a dump on Johnny Depp's bed. But when I was a child, my brother got Omega Supreme, a Transformer for Christmas. And this robot. It all makes sense Rico, now. This robot. Robot <laughs> turned into a train, and he went around a track. And I took a turd. I plucked a, a dingleberry out of my ass crack, a, a turtle head that was crowning. I just reached in there and I just plucked that fucker off. I just ripped the head off of it, <laughs> and I stuck it on the on the toy, and I turned it on so it circled the the track. This is Christmas. It's, <laughs> And so it circled the track, and then my brother saw it and was horrified that I had placed a turd on his toy, and I turned it on so it circled the uh, train track. So hauling my turd around the track. So what's? Let's 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 look at this for a minute. No, no, you were going to make a point about Johnny Depp. Please proceed. No, this is better. No, please proceed. Okay, part one. I was watching a video of Johnny Depp riff on the guitar on his couch on YouTube. Yes. He's pretty damn good, and it was awesome. But part two, what's worse? (laughs) You pooping on your brother's train? Yes. Or pulling the poop out of your ass (laughs) and placing it on the train? Do you think it would have been that I I should have... um, I thought when you were like... Well, yeah, like you didn't want to like actually fish for the poop like i figured you just kind of like het field it out yeah just squatted over the train yeah but no you you went no you, i had a turtle head that was crowned you went treasure hunting <laughs> and i just reached back there and i just broke it off <laughs> i just could you just like snap the head so off. how does I was that angry was so how does that work like my brother got the toy that i wanted when you're angry you just dial up a shit I mean, listen, there Are was they a connected? time when I was a kid when I perpetually had a turtle head. I would never <laughs> run to the bathroom. You know how kids are funny about pooping? They don't you know? They don't even think about going until it's already out of their ass. Yeah, they don't want to go. They fight it. Right. Because right? they don't it would break up whatever. Now, when you're our age, we're like, you're like praying for that. Oh, yeah. God. Just, God. Boy, if I had a turtle head now, it'd be the best day of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> just going in and like having a nice long dump is like such a, it's like just great. So I'd happy. post that shit on fucking twitter man look i got a turtle head today <laughs> rock and roll baby <laughs> well, when i was a kid I, I had issues man i just never wanted to use the shitter and i always had a load in my britches yeah. and so i just grabbed a handful of it and I just, it wasn't i remember i remember i just used my thumb and my forefinger and i just snapped it off and i just you know. well and you did like every other kid would do and proceed with the day without washing your hands right <laughs> Because that's what every other kid would do. Right, you just wipe it on your shirt. And move yeah, or uh, or on the train or on the carpet or the couch or whatever. Anyway, uh, September 13th, September 13th, 1971, Deep Purple Right Highway Star on the way to a show in Portsmouth, UK, where they play it that night. Wow. One of their signature songs. I can never remember the guy who plays the keyboard in this fucking band. John Lord. Yes, dude. Let me tell you something. The one of the reasons why I love fucking Hammond organs 
is because of that dude. Yeah, it sounds wicked cool. In this um, for example, a friend of mine at work is a really big Beastie Boys fan, yeah. and he introduced me to a couple of their instrumental records. Yes. Did you know they did those? Yep. So the one that they came out with in, well, they're both great, actually. One is like a greatest hitch-ish type of one, but the other one, I think, is 2007. I can't remember the name of it, but there's this dude money money mark you ever are you familiar with this dude his, no. i guess his name's money mark and he's playing a keyboard and it's and every time i hear it it's like a hammond style keyboard right. with the 70s vibe i think of john lord every time yeah Deep that dude was a fucking witch man they're one of those bands that like every time i you know I don't break out a Deep Purple record often and yeah. listen to it or spend time listening to their music. But when I do, I always ask myself, why don't I listen to this band more often? Exactly. It's amazing. Precisely. September 14th, 1979, the film version of Quadrophenia, the Who's 1973 rock opera about growing up mod in London, premieres at the Toronto Film Festival. Have you watched this? Yes, sir. It's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, it's a good album. Like when I I mean I I was a not like KS level who fan. You know, KS. Yeah. Right? yeah not not yeah. Th- not on that yeah. level, but I was always kind of a Who fan. Yeah. Watch Tommy. Yeah. But this what I took from, from Quadrophenia was just how amazing of a songwriter Pete Townsend was. Is was is. Yeah, I like the um I like the seventies who stuff better than yeah. the sixties stuff. And Tommy you know what falls in the sixties. I think Tommy is good, but I'm I'm a much bigger fan of who's next, Quadrophenia. Right. And, all that shit. And, and you know the other thing I got from this? Um, how much respect I have for <laughs> fuck lead singer what the fuck's his name roger roger daltrey sorry about that how much respect i have for that guy who just was such a fucking trooper and just went along with what everybody else wanted to do and he never put up a stink about anything he just was like all right pooped on anybody no he just was like you want townsend would give him something to to, or whatever and he'd be like all right sure man yeah he just went along with everything and it just fucking worked out i had so much respect not that he was like a total yes man but the fact that he he didn't he wasn't a dick because townsend was like he recognized just how much of a genius townsend was and was willing to indulge that you know sometimes that's the wise move right whenever you see genius good move he didn't you know reach back with his thumb and forefinger into his trousers he certainly did not (laughs) break off a dingleberry and And lay it on keith moon's snare (laughs) (laughs) or like put or like smear it underneath the strings right on and smear it on the pickup underneath pete townsend's guitar it's that'd be a kick in the nuts wouldn't it it's fretboard conditioner (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) September 15th, 1983, Huey Lewis and the News released the album Sports, which sells over 7 million copies. The album features singles I Want a New Drug, Heart of Rock and Roll, and If This Is It. I'm one of those 7 million copies. I love me some Huey Lewis and the News. Let me tell you something. The bar band done good. Exactly. Yep. This. There's a, they did a lot of other great stuff too. Yep. I don't understand. It's Huey Lewis and the news is one of those things. If I want to use the term lightning in the bottle, yeah. 
they just when what whatever they did was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like the like they're just everything. Everything they put out was fucking golden. And they didn't have an eighties sound. No. But they might not have broke in any other decade but the eighties. You know Very well put. That's Even exactly they, they it. They were not 80s sounding. No. This was a bar band. Yeah. I'm a sucker for just boogie working man bar bands with a horn section and there was every man singer i'm a sucker for that. even the ballad even the slow songs were great to yeah. listen to oh, like you weren't you, impeccably crafted pop songs oh my I god mean, every so great every line and melody and hook impeccably crafted pop music i mean this is a and just the song the harder rock and roll the fade out of it yeah the claps, you know, then you hear the guitar. Oh, it's so great. I wish that fade out went on for like another. And then the harmonica minutes. comes in yes. at the end. Yes. Oh my I love God. Just the fade out. I want to go on yeah. forever, but big fan of. Huge. Listen, anybody who says anybody that was a, coherent in that era that says that they didn't like Huey Lewis is a fucking liar. It, it it also doesn't hurt that they managed to I mean they did they did this song for the uh, Back to the Future, right? So I mean that was a juggernaut of Oh sure. Which Michael one was J. it? Uh, was, back in time. Great yeah, song, man. It wasn't the oh it's a great song. Yeah. Gonna back the power of love. I mean Michael J. Fox was a superstar back then, and he could hit your wagon to him, you know. But that song was just a great. I mean, I used to love soundtracks back then. I, oh, I had the do the eighty. Oh my god, fucking eighties movie soundtracks are yeah. amazing. Yeah, they're great. There's so yeah. many great ones. Yeah. We're gonna have to do maybe some eighty soundtrack episodes yeah. of some sort because there's a lot of really good ones, man. No doubt. Like Breakfast Club soundtrack, a lot of cool eighties new wave. Yeah. Um, fucking Back to the Future. There's so many good ones, man. All right, gang. We'll be right back. All right, Rico. Yeah, man, what's up? We need reviews. What is that? What does that mean? Well, it's like... What does that mean to us? Well, people who listen to our podcast, it would be swell um, if they would go to Apple Podcasts and write a review or go to Spotify and give us a star rating, something between one and five. It helps us. How do we know how bad we really are if people don't tell us? We need the feedback, and the algorithm loves it, and that algorithm is hungry. It needs it needs fed bad. You know what else needs fed bad? Your ego needs fed bad on this. Yeah, I That's need... why we really want the reviews. Let's face it, right? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I need... Listen, I get zero positive feedback in my life. People around me despise me. So I'm counting on total strangers to say nice things. Yeah, we, I guess the point is is to make your ego like completely non-manageable so that I want to stop doing this podcast. And people might be motivated to do that if they dislike the podcast. Right, if they want to see in like an intercompany battle between creative differences and how I can't stand how giant your ego is all all we need is for those people to start giving us reviews and feedback and that'll happen guys you'll you'll get some really good social media entertainment here it would be a backwards way for them to kill a podcast they hate by saying good things about it 
so that my ego would rage out of control. Exactly. And you would storm off in a huff. I think we all want that, right? I know I do. So please, do us a favor and give us some feedback. They said it couldn't happen. They were wrong. Clash of the Titans. The heaviest night of your life is here. Three headline bands. One intense night. Clash of the Titans with Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer. Coming Thursday night, June 6th at Omaha Civic Center. Clash of the Titans, the heaviest metal of all. Megadeth, Slayer, plus Anthrax. Thursday night, June 6th at Omaha Civic Center. Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. With special guest, Allison Shade. Tickets this Monday, 10 a.m. at the Civic Center box office at all Ticketmaster Ticket Centers, including Yonkers, Pickles, Homers, and Jags. Or charge at 402-422-1212. Clash of the Titans, the heaviest night of your life. Thursday, June 6th at Omaha Civic Center. Clash of the Titans, produced by Starting Productions. This is KISS, each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you want. KISS, each 12 and a half inch figure sold separately by Mego. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country western and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by date asses on stage and with its chauvinism, misogyny and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. All right, here we go. Anima by Tool. 
released in august 9, 1997 it's the album of the same name by the way um the label is zoo songwriters danny carey paul damore adam jones maynard james keegan from ravenna ohio producers dave botrill 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 beats me man whatever close it's enough rock and roll autopsy it's enema it's tool man the thinking man's the thinking man's 90s grunge prog band I love it. There's you go. I like the description. All right, gang. Rock and roll autopsy. Enema by Tool. We're going to use a scientific method. We're going to carve this mug up and try to figure out if it killed rock and roll. Sharpen Category your, one yep. is gratuitous boomerism. Boomerism. Category two, excessive misogyny. Misogyny. Category three, wanton whiteness. White bread. Category four, malignant machismo. Mr. Hetfield. Category five, culture vultures. Vultures. Rico, we've got ourselves some tool, man. I think there is this is their uh, debut. It is on our podcast. Welcome, tool. Have a seat. We will let you know how you fare. And welcome, welcome home, Maynard. Welcome, welcome welcome back to Northeast Ohio. Glad to see you back. Enema, category one, gratuitous boomerism. How do you score, sir? Um, this is going to be a zero, dude. It's a song about the fucked up cesspool of california and that's just not boomer i think he's probably i don't know when he's he is a boomer i think right so maybe Maynard? he gets a 0.5 for that x right is he x or is he boomer gotta, i think he's an upper xer i mean we could use the internet i suppose yeah to, right um i'm gonna say that oh what are you scoring it i'm well I, I need to know if he gets the point five for when you he was want to born. Wait for me to pull him up on, I do. on the Wikipedia here? I do. All right, hold on a second. Born in 64. Okay, so... so he's 58. He's older than I thought, but that's that's. I think that's older Gen X. Old, that's close. I'm it's a cusp. It's a cusper. I, I'm still going to do... I'm going to do a zero. Yeah, I feel like it's a zero to yeah. Rico, because even though I would consider it a cusp... Um, I think that's Gen X, but it's it's an old. The themes are Gen X themes in the era, in the nineties. I mean, when this yeah. band broke, man, it's like there's nothing more Gen X than the nineties. Gen X theme. It's a Gen X song. Even even though he might be a cusper, it's now it's a yeah zero. Yeah, it's a zero. Mm-hmm. All right, category two: excessive misogyny for Enema Rico. How do you score? Um, if I could give a. I mean, it's a it's a nil. It's not even a zero. It's it's a it's a null. It's a, it's a it's it doesn't exist. You know, we've established this with '90s uh, grunge adjacent acts yeah. and grunge itself. There's just no misogyny to be found uh, at and all. We figured it out because it's a reaction to the '80s, right? It's Correct. Just not in the DNA. It's the, it's like um it's like the antimatter of the '80s. It's yeah. the total negative of the '80s. It's just very hard to find in '90s, uh, especially alternative rock. It's just right. not there, man. There was a lot of again. You, you. There was really very little powerhouse female acts in the eighties. Pat Benatar, but that's really about it. But then in the nineties, there's so many. It's like the anti eighties, and there's just there's just the misogyny in the nineties just doesn't exist. Not there. I nope. give it a zero as well, sir. I agree. On to category three: Enema by Tool, Wanton Whiteness. Rico, how do you score? Um, diatribe against California. A diatribe, a, a diatribe against the celebrity cesspool of California, essentially, is it, what that is. It is What's the name? What category are we on? 
We are on wanton. Wanton whiteness is that white bread is is expressing your disdain for the cesspool of California. Is that white bread? I don't think so. Uh, well, I can think on the, uh, if you looked at like um, uh, African American artists of that era were singing songs celebrating California, yeah. right? City of Compton, California. That's City. true. California. That is true, man. Keep it rocking. You know, so there was a celebration of you know West Coast culture. Maybe seeing things a little differently, right? This is on the other hand taking a specific shot at, I would say, like entitled rich, entitled rich white celebrity celebrity people. I can't do it, man. I got to give it a zero for white. I'm trying to talk you into it a little bit, but I'm, but I'm, you know, but. I, I think I would have to agree with you. I'm not seeing it. Here. I, I'm trying to give it a, 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 a something other than a zero. I, I want to. And I'm trying to I can't play find it. advocate here. I can't yeah. find it. I can't find it. So I got to go zero. Have yeah, to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying super hard to find something. Can't find it. I'm curious about category four. Malignant machismo. Rico, how, um, do you need me to read any lyrics? Yeah, this. I think this is the part of our podcast where you break out the lyrics. To, to help you kind of suss this out. Yeah, exactly. Well, for one thing, the website uh, search engine marks this as explicit. So okay. Trigger warning well, for the, listeners who weren't already put off by me plucking poop out of my ass. <laughs> if that wasn't enough. Now you're going to get a trigger warning. Right. Some say the end is near. Some say we'll see Armageddon soon. I certainly hope we will. I sure could use a vacation from this. Bullshit, three ring, circus, sideshow of freaks. Here in this hopeless fucking hole we call L.A., the only way to fix it is to flush it all the way. Any fucking time, any fucking day, learn to swim. I'll see you down in Arizona Bay. Can I take a contrarian view of this for a second? Go for it. So, in case anybody out there doesn't know, he went to art school in Michigan. What did he go to art school for? Interior design. Was did in- not know that. Interior designer. Moved to L.A., to get to to work in interior design. He's a Midwesterner. He's a Midwesterner. He's from Ravenna, Ohio. Moving to the West Coast. And we know, trust me, I know about Portage County. And you know about Portage County, too. Yes, sir. He's from Portage County. He spent his formative years in Portage County, and you just can't get rid of that. You can't get rid of Ravenna. It's like you, no matter how hard you try and scrub it off of your soul, you, you can't get rid of Ravenna, Ohio. Um, having said that... He, he went to art school for interior design, moved to L.A. to work in interior, and he wanted to be a set designer. And he'd do interior design and set design, wind up, wound up forming the band Tool. So my contrarian take on this is that he went to L.A. to make it in the industry and fell on his ass. Yeah. And kind of fell into this band opportunity where he could express himself in a different way and decided to take his frustration out on the place that cut his nuts off so to speak because that of what he really went out there for so i think 
I'm going to not give, I, I at first wanted to give him a one because of his the conviction and the disdain in his views about, <laughs> your dog is awesome, man. I love how he just gets in these contorted poses on the couch and loves every minute of it. He's sleeping hard. Oh, look, see, God, look at that. That's amazing. <laughs> God, I wish I was him for a day. Um but I'm going to give him a zero because I think that, for lack of a way, better way to put this, I think he just L.A. pissed in his cornflakes, so to speak. Fret for your figure and fret for your latte. Fret for your lawsuit and fret for your hairpiece and fret for your Prozac and fret for your pilot. And fret for your contract and fret for your car. It's a bullshit three-ring circus sideshow of freaks. Which he moved out there to become a part of. You know what it almost reads like whenever you we're now like into like the third verse as mm-hmm. I read that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like in a way, we've seen a lot of this. I'm not going to get too serious here, dear listener, but we've seen a lot of this in the last decade or so with all these shootings that have yeah. happened around the country. There's always, what, a manifesto right. that the shooter leaves behind. Yeah. This reads like a manifesto. It sure the hell does. who's sick of society. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, this was in the 90s, so I'm not implying that this influences any of those guys. All those guys are different and have their variety of influences that take them down that path. But it reads like... Someone who's so angry and disaffected and on the outside of society that he looks at it all as poison. And this is, it reads like a manifesto. I just see it as him being salty because he got shut out of an industry that he want, went out there to be a part of. And now he's in the very, he's fully immersed into the thing that he was salty about when he wrote this song, which makes him feel. It makes him, a little, in my opinion, a little hypocritical because yeah. now he's benefiting and he's fully in the circle now. He can be super artsy. He's super artsy-fartsy now. Now he's making wine. Right. <clears throat> and he's fully ensconced in all of the things that he's talking against in that song because when he wrote that, he got shut out of all of that. See what I'm? Do you see I'm going with this? So I can't. I really wanted to give him a one for machismo, but I got to give him a zero because it just comes across as being salty. Here in this hopeless fucking hell we call L.A., the only way to fix it is to flush it all away. Any fucking time, any fucking day. Learn to swim. I'll see you down in Arizona Bay. Uh. Yeah, it's it's not macho in like we've established these different kinds of. You know, it's, it's I can't cynical si- and cynical angry, and salty, right? And it's not. I'm not seeing the swag in there at all. No, I'm you know? seeing cynical and salty, and um, I think in this particular instance, we can't separate the art from the artist because yeah. then that paints a fuller picture of of this. In my, it opinion. reminds me of uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Harold uh, Louder, I think his name is from The Stand and Stephen King's book. Yeah. Just the angry. A writer who mm-hmm. is getting nothing but rejection letters, so he hates the world. Precisely. That's All the way right. I see it. Category five, culture vulturism. Rico, Enema by Tool. How do you score? Culture vulturism is a big fat zero. 
Um, they're, I mean, they're the only grungy prog band, I think, in existence. They're totally unique. Um, everything about them is fucking cool as balls. Um, nobody can, people sound like them. They don't sound like anybody. So this is a big fat zero. Yeah, I'm giving it a zero as well. I think Tool is a pretty cool band. My my favorite's Sober and this record. Yeah. They kind, of, they kind of lost me a little bit on the records after this. They started taking long gaps between albums and things got super, super, super proggy and kind of, they kind of scared, scared me away a little bit. But yeah. I love this track. I love this record. They're a smart band. I don't. They are unique. I don't see the culture vulturism, and they're an important band Agreed. of the era. Sure, and they have a wicked cult following. I mean, no doubt, fans are no hardcore, doubt. Dude. You know, my favorite part of the song. Um, do you have a? Do you first of all, I'm gonna ask you, what is your favorite part of this song? Um, Maybe we start that in all of ours. Like, what is your favorite part of? Th- well, I don't know if I can say that in every song. Sometimes there's nothing. There. Or if you had a favorite part, what would it be? So, of this song, what's your favorite part of the song? Well, I think it's the learn to swim chants and kind of the build up that learn to swim, that. let it swim, yeah, like in that part. It, yeah, when it kind of gets quiet and then it yeah. gets into that and then it builds back up again to the crescendo that kind of happens. And then that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, thing at the end that did it. Yeah, plus I just have always been fascinated with the idea of California breaking off the lower forty-eight and drifting out into the Pacific. You know, well, you know the so sleeping I've, the sleeping prophet did say that that was going to happen. So, I, but I've always had a mild fascination yeah. with that. So this song just appeals to me, and I love I love the cynicism of it. I love. Oh, that this song the is amazing. Are, are witty. To Agree. Me. Um, they're angry but witty. I it, love it. It's scary in some ways. It talks about something that I kind of have always had an interest in musically it's amazing so yeah. uh, i agree with everything you said what's it's, your favorite part the beginning dude the guitar in the beginning that yeah. it's so like the it's and so the thick it's so yeah it's so thick and meaty and i just that riff in the beginning just fucking sucks you had me at that riff that yeah. riff is amazing that's my track all right, Rico. Let's We've do. Got to add this mug up. Can, wrap this up. I mean, I got to get my my supercomputer out for this one. So hang on a second. I got. Uh, uh, let's see, forty-two times eight minus thirty-seven. I have I have zero points. I have zero as well. So clearly, the science works. The song contributed to rock and roll in every way, shape, and form. It's an amazing song. The whole album is amazing. Tool's amazing. One of the most Mater James Keenan's amazing. It's one of the most important tracks of the 90s. One of it the most is. important bands of the era. So, please do yourselves a favor. If it's been a while since you've dusted the since you've heard this, dust it off. Take it for a ride. You won't regret it. You everybody loves this. If you forgot that you loved it, remind yourself. Rock and roll autopsy. Thanks for listening. Good night now. rock and roll music. Yeah! 
Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mystique. There's no mystique anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs>